Just a reminder, everyone, the topics covered in this podcast are general in nature. They haven't taken into account your personal circumstances, and it's important to seek personal financial advice if you want to address any of the subject matter. to the Money Men episode of the 14th of December 2023, our last one for the year, yes, Luke. crazy. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. Well, very... It's almost upon us. Yes. And uh, by the time we next talk with you, um, it will have passed and seem like a distant memory. And it'll be 2024. It and, will. And, we'll, and I know what's coming is whenever I need to date a document, I'll be putting yes. 23 on it for about yeah. the first six months. That's it. Because I'm still playing catch up. That's what happens, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so yeah, it is the last episode for the year. It's been um, been an eventful year, I yeah. guess, um, in you know, many different ways. Yeah. We were just looking at a photo of your uh, your baby Bronte. Um, yeah. So that was probably the, the largest um, thing in your world for, yeah. the, for the previous twelve months. That's actually, good. That's a very that's a very good point, actually, Steve. Yeah. yeah and, and even that feels like a distant memory in some yeah. respects. Yeah, they uh, they grow up quickly, don't yeah. they? So, yeah, uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Thank you so much for listening in throughout the course of the year. Yep. And we'll uh, we'll actually be back again in about the third week of January. Yep, yep. Okay, so what have the markets done over the past fortnight, Luke? What do you think? Yeah, so, well, what do I think? Which uh, probably knows. It's yeah. probably good as to what I, what do I know. Um, so, generally speaking, the Australian market's up about 3% um, mm-hmm. in, in terms of price um, movements in the shares. Yep. Uh, the Dow Jones, so over the pond, uh, 2.5%, and the S&P 500, up about 3% for the fortnight as well. Mm-hmm. So all pretty solid gains. And as you um, you know, often point out to me, um, you know, imagine that, 3%, you know, for 26, uh, you know, 26 fortnights of the year, mm-hmm. um, yeah. you know, and, and it doesn't quite work mm-hmm. like, no, <laughs> work but, like but that, no, as we know. Yeah, it is an annualised return of, what, 78% or yeah. something, so... Um, and, um, and you do know, we notice, don't we, that um, we have virtually zero phone calls worrying about the market when things are sort of stabilised a little like they have over the past few fortnights. Um, it's, yeah, it's, uh, that's human nature though, isn't it? You worry, that people worry when, um, when things are a bit choppy. It's so true. Mm. And, you know, I think the calendar year will show that, um, you know, equity markets have had you know, about average performance. Mm. Um, I think by the time, you know, we get to the 31st of December um, and and a lot of that return has come in the last few months. So it's so interesting that, you know, just to observe the nature of markets and it's just a reminder um, as to when returns are lumped and Mm. when you receive returns. And, Mm. you know, it's just so important to be conscious of, well, okay, um, if I'm trying to time this beast, um, and I made a decision in July to exit mm. maybe the lows of mm. the market yeah, and, yeah. you know, didn't re-enter. Um, you had a reasonably short window to make some pretty big decisions to, mm. you know, get the timing and get the performance that you would have otherwise received if you just stood there and did nothing. So, yeah, well, if you're out of the market for what can be, you know, often a very short period, you miss out on, on the, the uh, majority of the gains that you would, would have got if you had a stage. That's exactly right. I think there's yeah. countless studies yeah. that sh- just show the, the short periods that you can be out. Um, and that doesn't even factor in the transactional cost of moving in and around asset prices, yeah. the stress that it might bring. So I was looking at a portfolio of a client that was really worried a few months ago. Yeah. Um, really worried and uh, was talking about you know moving into cash because you know the world's <laughs> going to fall apart yeah. and, um, and share markets will collapse and um, 
And uh, at that point in time for the year to date, um, I think the return on the portfolio was, you know, zero to one percent. Okay. But which still wasn't as bad as a as a client thought it was. Um, yeah. It just felt worse than it was. Um, but you know, looking at it now a few months later, the uh, the return for the past twelve months on that portfolio is between eight and nine percent. Um, so you know, so that's the you know, so we had a long conversation around, you know, get out or stay in and, and my advice was you stay in. You're yeah, in for the long haul. Um, of, course, of course it is, yeah. And uh, now that client's feeling, you know, very happy and comfortable about things yeah. because um, they're, they're up. But that's human nature, isn't it? It is human nature. Like, it even plays out, mm. I find, in our day jobs. Like, you're sort of thinking, so far, far out. It's pretty mm. annoying that mm. all the returns have been lumped up into mm. such a short mm. period of time. Mm. Um, you know, we, we know the answer. We know the answer is, you know, stay the course. But, mm. you know, it, sometimes, you know, you get to the end of the year and you go, oh, it hasn't been, you know, mm. markets haven't done much. It's, you know, that you can have some hard conversations, but then mm. it's good to just show that the you know the facts really speak for themselves. Mm. Um, you know, once we're sort of observing the performance of these portfolios. Yeah, I've noticed recently. Um, I've had a few people start to talk to me again about darn crypto. Oh no, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's reared its head so, again. Uh, you know, someone said to me yesterday that um, crypto is about to go ahead. You know, over the next three, six to twelve months, mm. um, it'll you know it's about to shoot the lights mm-hmm. out. I get a bit worried when uh, that sort of language starts floating around because you're looking potentially at, at another, um, not bubble, but you're looking at um, you know, who benefits from you know, from the hype around around crypto. It's usually not the, the mum and dad or, or the individual investor. It's someone else who's, who's driving it. But anyway, yeah, um, we won't go to crypto. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, I guess it's been pretty stable. I think, you know, probably, and it's pretty usual over the next couple of months that things just quieten down in markets. Um, things yep. remain pretty stable. Yep. Um, you know, over the Christmas, New Year period, um, traditionally it's been a fairly stable yep. period in the market. Yep. Not, to like, say, not to say like a promise of yeah. Wall but a lot of the noise goes out. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. You know, and it's interesting, like you, you hear all this like, who knows what will happen, and, mm-hmm. I, and not to digress on the, on, the, on, the, on the show a little bit, but... Um, you know, you hear all these numbers coming out around, you know, Christmas, oh, retail sales might be down or XYZ might be down, you know, mm-hmm. like that's some mm-hmm. proxy that there's mm-hmm. a disaster in the economy. Well, you know, let's drill it down. Mm-hmm. The retailers, the the discretionary retail spending as a proportion of economic activity within the economy is relatively low. You mm-hmm. know, uh, David Jones and Meyer, um, as an example, are small companies relative to Commonwealth Bank and BHP. Mm-hmm. Do you think BHP mm-hmm. and Commonwealth Bank sales and you know mm-hmm. transactions are down? Probably yeah. not. Not over Christmas, but mm-hmm. they don't. They mm-hmm. almost don't really get mm-hmm. a mention. Their activity doesn't get a mention, mm-hmm. but they're by far more important mm. to an extent to the performance of the general economy. So it's mm. just, you know, you listen to the media and, you know, people might be talking about certain consumption activities, but it's like, well, does that actually really mean anything? Mm. And I think one of our show, I think one of our topics today sort of delve into that a little bit around share markets and, mm. you know, the the general performance of the economy. So anyway, mm. yeah. It's, well, just, it actually just, doesn't because we haven't got that one on the list. But um, Oh, sorry. But next time. Oh, uh, oh we, yeah. no, we don't. We don't have that on the list, but yeah. it is part of my it is part of my show notes. Well, anyway, my my, my, my point my point is is that you know you can get you can get um you know some you get that noise around the Christmas period mm. and and it doesn't necessarily translate into economic activity yep. necessarily. Absolutely. Um, okay, wins of the fortnight. Oh, residential property. You know, again, seems 
reasonably buoyant. Buoyant at the moment. That's about all I've got to say on it. <laughs> doesn't, <laughs> doesn't seem to be falling off the cliff like some people thought it would. Um, okay, wins of the fortnights. Um, I've got you know a little, just a nice little win. I was talking to a, a long time client um, mm-hmm. who is considering. He just reached out because he's considering. He and his wife are considering um, buying a a holiday rental place as an investment, mm-hmm. so a place mm-hmm. of, yeah, Seal Rock, somewhere on the north coast mm-hmm. of New South mm-hmm. Wales, um, because, you know, a friend of his you know, has got one and, uh, you know, the, the rental you can get over the Christmas period, etc., is really high. Um, but he had enough confidence in me to, to come to me as one of the first stops to have a conversation yeah, about yeah. it. Um, so we didn't, didn't solve any problems, we didn't... Um, we didn't. I didn't lead him in any particular direction, but you know, we just had a frank and open conversation around. You know, um, although it, although it seems like a good idea, mm-hmm. could could well be a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um, we just went back to fundamentals. So, you know, you need to make sure that you're investing in a good quality asset, mm-hmm. um, and you need to ensure that um, it is um, providing a reasonable uh, amount of income. Yeah, you know, um, taking the emotion out of it. So, you know, everyone, not not everyone, but lots of people would like the idea of having a, um, a holiday home on, yep. in Seal Rocks or yep. wherever it might be. But, you know, we talked about the impact of actually, if you decided that, you know, for three months of the year you're going to live in it, then that actually affects some of the tax breaks and, and, and has some tax implications. Exactly right, yep. Um, so, you know, taking the emotion out of it, looking at it and saying, okay, is it a sound asset? And then drilling down into what the numbers would really look like mm-hmm. if you were to annualise them. So you might get, you're going to, potentially going to get good returns um, over the Christmas breaks and the school holiday breaks mm-hmm. and then summer. Yep. But the rest of the year, probably not. Yep. Um, so how does that look and how does that annualise out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then be mindful of the worst case. Okay, so in this particular circumstance, you know, it would cost about... Fifty to sixty thousand dollars to hold that property in interest costs and and you know maintenance costs, you know rates, insurance, all those sorts of things. Yeah, not a small amount. No, and um, you know, if rental income from the property over the course of the year is less than that, then that means that my client and his wife would have to dip into their own pockets mm-hmm. to to cover it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, well, how would how would you go with that? And he said, well, we'd struggle. Okay, so you need to be really mindful about the income side of things here because it is a key part because you're going to be under financial pressure if the income isn't up to the levels that you need it to be. And I said, let's go even further than that. What if um, the worst case scenario unfolded and Mm -hmm. we had, just say we had another pandemic Mm -hmm. and places were locked down for six to 12 months Mm -hmm. uh, or longer? Mm And you had no income from the property. You know how would you manage that? Yep. You know, what what things could you put in place to manage that if it occurred? Yep. Unlikely, but possible. You know, and if it does occur, then that's a risk that needs to be managed. Yep. So basically, it was just a reasonably long conversation about investment fundamentals, the emotion, taking the emotion out of investing, making sure the numbers stack up, even in a worst case scenario, the pros and cons basically. Yep. So. He's gone away now to think further and chat further with his wife, and um, and we'll see where they land. Good. Yeah, so was a, that, was, that wasn't necessarily achieving anything other than you know providing information and another another sounding yeah. point. Yeah, that is, um, yeah. I, I didn't necessarily have any um, 
specific wins for the fortnight. I mean, I'm sure I do have any, yeah. but I, 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 you know, just just haven't got a one jotted down. But it made me think about a question I was asked about a prospective client um, that I've been talking to. I've been talking to lots of prospective clients over the last fortnight, which mm-hmm. has been really exciting, and you know, mm-hmm. getting lots of different stories, and you know, just just having chats with people mm-hmm. um, about what they want to do. But one of the questions that this client asked me, and I've been asked this a couple of times more recently, what do you actually do as a financial planner? Like, mm-hmm. what, what are you going to do for me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I sort of have to think about my ele- uh, my elevator pitch. Is that the correct term? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, mm-hmm. not to not to make it too salesy, mm-hmm. but um. You know, one of the things that I've just taken out of that story you're talking about is actually sometimes not necessarily the things that we help you do. Mm. It's the things that we help you not do. Not do. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying that this property, this no, scenario no, that you're talking thing, yeah. you're talking about is, is, the, is the wrong thing mm. at all, but mm. sometimes it's that stop, think, ask the question, mm. unpack it. Mm. There is... Um, infinite infinite value in some respects because mm. you know how many things it, sometimes it's you know they often say it's the things we say no to mm. um, rather than the things we say yes to so mm. just having that sounding board as a financial planner it wasn't necessarily hey I've told you to invest mm. in XYZ it's mm. actually that crappy decision I'm not mm. pointing yeah. out this property saying it's crappy but it's mm. sometimes are these crappy money decisions that people mm. might um, be going down that mm. we sort of are able to shed light on as to why they might not suit this you know hmm. the situation so that that's yeah i mean really that's really what i've identified you know hmm. as a win in the fortnight um yeah maybe not the things i've been able to do but um, maybe the things i've um made people think a bit more before they do do them yeah a huge part of the role of a financial planner is to uh, be a sounding board yeah um you know i often tell people we have I'm asked to develop or talk about an elevator pitch. You know, it's, it's things like, you know, I help people take the worry out of their money. Yeah, um, yeah. And um, I help people to prevent the big mistake. Um, that's that's that sort it. Of thing. But, yeah. Yeah, the reality is it's it's less about actually what you invest in. It's more about um, what is, you know, potentially the right things to be for you to be investing in um, in your circumstances and what you want to achieve yeah. in life. As decisions are, uh, evolve, mm. like that, that's, evolve, really, evolve, that's yeah. really yeah. The, that's really um, th- that's my view of, of, of what it is and mm. I'm sure you and I share the yeah. same thing but it's we, good to get those reminders. Yeah, we often come across people who think, um, who believe initially that, you know, financial planners, the role is to give them good investments that will make, make lots of money um, and get them rich quick. Okay, that's a, that's a common misconception, and it's it's less about the actual investments than mm. it is about you know the goal setting and the um, and the peace of mind. Yeah, um, and, the, and having the, a plan the, can have yeah, yeah and mm. the strategy mm. and the investments mm. and you know the products so mm. to speak. Mm. Um, mm. That's secondary. Mm. I, I reiterate this in all my initial meetings mm. with people. Mm. That's cool. Mm. The, the this stuff. That mm. you might think is important mm. is actually secondary to the mm. conversation. Yeah. What do we often say to people who meet us for the first time? We, you know, and especially when they're talking about retirement, we say, "We're not going. To, we don't. We're not really interested at the moment about which super fund you use or." What do I need a million dollars? Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the that's yeah. the that's yeah. the other thing you get. Yeah, yeah. We, we we basically say, you know, we're, there's a bit of initial thinking about goal setting. We we need to know. When you think it might be reasonable for you to retire, mm-hmm. so is that five years, ten years, mm-hmm. two years, fifteen years, twenty years, and how much do you will you want to spend in retirement to be yep. comfortable? Yep. Right? The rest works itself out from there. It's exactly. But the rest, right. you know, those key pieces you know, around what your goal goals mm-hmm. are. 
then yeah, the investments are irrelevant because you don't. You, we've got no idea what you should be investing in until we know what your goals are. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. That's uh, that's fine. We're yeah. allowed to digress. Mm. It's our it's our podcast. Just a little gripe before we get into our <laughs> two topics. Um, <laughs> the, the two topics today are the, you know, some common financial mistakes before retirement. Yep. And then a reasonably topical one at the moment is the impact of interest rates on managing debt. Yep. Um, but um, Minister Jones, who's been responsible for you know, looking at um, quality of advice. Jonesy. Yeah, Jonesy in Australia. Um, been spending months and months on this and you know, they've come up with this idea that um, financial planners such as ourselves who mm-hmm. have you know, the experience and the qualifications, mm-hmm. you know, we sit in one little pigeonhole and you know, um, the view is that Going, going back to the old days now that super funds and banks should be allowed back in, all right? These are, these are the mobs that, you know, stuffed it all up and uh, ripped clients off blind for years. Um, anyway, they're going to be allowed back in um, and they're going to uh, be allowing, this is a proposal anyway, yeah, yeah. allowing people with, you know, limited experience and, and, and limited knowledge um, to give advice to members and um, customers, and, and customers yep. of the superannuation funds and banks on what I guess would be their products. Yep. You know what they've tro- chosen to call these people? These limited experience people? These limited people. experience people. They've chosen to call them qualified advisors. It's hmm. good. Yeah. Using the definition of qualified as being not, yeah, you know, they've got, there's a qualified, you know, qualification in that they don't have um, you know, yeah. a, a wide breadth of experience, so it's a qualified advice piece. But the consumers are going to think, qualified advisor, they got, they're qualified, they've been doing this for years and they're going to give me advice, for, you know, impartial. Um, I, it so, just defies belief that a government can spend so long on it and then come up with a name for these um, you know, limited scope advisors yeah. as qualified that, advisors. That, that almost contradicts the mm. the, the English language. Mm. Um, anyway. it, it'll be interesting to mm. see it unfold because mm. that's exactly right. It, it, it almost is beggar's belief and it's almost misleading. Mm. Um, oh, it oh, could yeah. be, it, it, you know, it is, it is misleading. Yeah. And, 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 and maybe you'd argue that because the Labor government is in bed with the union movement who own the, the industry super funds that that was intentional. Yeah, and the industry super funds own a lot, large swath of the banks, mm. so, you know, they're all scratching each other's back. That's just a little bit of our, um, mm. you know... Don't sue us. Please don't sue yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. But, but, you know, it is it's very mm. interesting to watch it unfold, and mm. it also confirms to me, like, mm. you know, in the financial advice industry, you know, on that, on that point, like... You can't. It doesn't matter if it's Liberal Labor government, and mm. you can't trust either one of them mm. to make decisions that are in the consumer's interest. So, no. so it's actually a reminder. So, as far as I'm concerned, as a financial advisor in my day job, I don't really care. Mm. Um, uh, you know, it's not going to prevent um, mm. people identifying that you have a skill set and you can add some value. What mm. what the consumer needs to be really careful of is that who they're talking to, mm. and does that person have the yeah, the relevant skill sets to address mm. the questions around the advice that you need. Mm-hmm. Ask hard questions, mm. you know, and just use the old rule of thumb. You're not getting the answer you want. Mm. Sorry, that's that's wrong. If you're not feeling like the question is being answered, mm-hmm. um, then, you know, maybe that's a red flag. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it, it's, it's just an interesting development, isn't mm-hmm. it, after it is. lot, lots of time mm. spent to apparently make 
the industry better mm. has actually, you know, really annoyed a lot of people within the industry. Mm. But, mm. you know, it's just a reminder to myself, don't rely on either one of, the, one of those parties to mm. do, do what's right. No, no, they, they'll do what, what helps get their yeah, back scratched. That's, e- that's exactly right. Okay, that's enough of my gripe. Um, right. Okay, some common mistakes that uh, people may make um, approaching or into retirement. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, there's a, there's a few. We won't sort of go into massive detail today. I just thought that we'd um, just highlight you know, some of the things that people should be thinking about yep. um, as they're entering that, that um, exciting phase of their life, which is, um, which is retirement. Yep. Um, one of the key issues and, and mistakes is, uh, is, I think, is sort of underestimating how much you'd need in retirement. Mm-hmm. And so when I say how much you need... It's you know, how much you would need to be coming into your household um, income-wise or money-wise to support the lifestyle that yep. you want in retirement. Yep. Um, so we, we see that a lot, don't we? We see that people, you know, sometimes we say, okay, a couple comes in, they've, you know, they've been through life, they're earning good incomes, kids are growing up now, and they say to me, us, yeah, we need about $1,000 a week to be comfortable. Mm-hmm. And I say, no, you don't. So you need more than that. For certain people, some people do. Yeah, some people can survive on way less than that. It's perfectly um, okay, but yeah. But, but plenty of people are used to and want to spend more than that in retirement, and they haven't given much thought to what that means. So, yeah. so in Australia now, um, Association of Super Funds of Australia say that based on their research, that a comfortable retirement for a couple costs about sixty nine grand. Yeah. Um, that, that's up from about sixty four last year yeah. due to inflation, etc. And for, for single people, it's about 50 grand a year. Yep. Um, you know, so essentially that's one of the, the mistakes that people make is they don't give much thought to how much they really need in retirement because you say, okay, what do you want to do in retirement? Mm-hmm. And they say, they've, they've said $1,000 a week is what we need. And then yep. we say, well, we want to do an overseas trip every two years. Right. So that's 30 grand every yep. two years, which is 15 grand a year. And yep. Um, yeah, so that's three hundred a week, and yeah. you know, so they only leave seven hundred for everything else. So yeah. we we drill down a bit bit more. Um, what else? You got, you got any other thoughts around well, mistakes that people might make? You know, so so one of the one of the one of the key not not so much a mistake, but mm-hmm. some people consider retiring too early. Mm-hmm. So you know, just need to be really conscious that um, the earlier you, you go, mm-hmm. the more money that you're generally going to have mm-hmm. to have accumulated to fund mm-hmm. the lifestyle that you're accustomed to, or the mm-hmm. lifestyle you're aiming to fund. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it's it just it just compounds the amount of money that you get. You're actually yeah, going to require. There's a longer period to wait before you potentially get um, age pension. Yeah, and, and, and let's be honest, mm. most people do get some form of age pension because mm. there's such a big bend as mm. to how much asset you can hold. So, mm. you know, the upper threshold is about a million dollars. Yeah. So I think the lower threshold is about 400K yeah. um, for a couple yeah. um, on, on the assets test side. So, you know, that's a fair bit of money that someone can hold in investment assets outside of their home mm. um, and still receive some age pension. So, you know, it's just really important that people are conscious of, well, if you go too early, obviously you're mm. going to be consuming more of your own capital yeah. um, before you then become eligible for age pension. So mm. there, there are certainly times where the, the, there's that sweet spot to mm. go. Um, you know, generally speaking, I'd probably say it is sort of between that 65 and 67. Mm. Um, but, you know, you do see some people retiring a bit earlier mm. and, and and that's okay if there's a plan there, but you mm. see some people keen to retire at 60. They haven't really given thought that, you know, they're actually cons- going to consume the bulk of their assets that they've saved up between now and 67 mm. and they'd be completely reliant on age pension, which is not 
ideal hmm. when you consider that you know forty grand of age pension between a couple, hmm. and we're saying that the comfortable income you know according to ASPA is you know sixty nine thousand dollars. So hmm. just being conscious of retiring too early. So I, th- I think that's yeah. um, another, an important another, one. Another you know thing about retiring too early, whatever hmm. too early means, is that. You know, there are a lot of social benefits to work as well, you know, so yep. getting out and about amongst other people and, you know, um, customers and, and, and the work. It's the interactions. It's the interactions. So if you, you know, I've seen people that you know, retire early and are bored um, and then yep. have, to, have to try to fill that void. Uh, what else do people do? They, um, they tend to... Um, Want to invest too conservatively? Oh, I think isn't that the isn't that just one of the that that one um, grinds my gears a little bit? Um, you know, or, or a lot, depending you know, depending on which day you get me. But it's so obvious. Like, um, sorry, it appears so obvious. People say, okay, I'm getting to retirement. It's time to you know move it all into cash. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, do I withdraw all my super? Mm-hmm. No. Um, <laughs> do, do I do I start investing? You know, a mm-hmm. lot more conservatively than what I was. Um, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it's so you know common to see. Okay, someone's accumulated assets for thirty years. Mm-hmm. They may be spending thirty years in in deaccumulation phase. Mm-hmm. So when they're drawing down on that asset, and they go alt conservative. And actually, can't generate the long-term returns over that thirty-year period to mm. actually sustain and and allow that, not necessarily that capital to grow, mm. but prolong yeah. the capital to support them throughout retirement. Yeah. Um, you know, as we know, cash is king. Mm. That's right. Mm. Um, we don't want to be so far on the edge that when you're a retiree and you're drawing down from your assets, that mm. you're going to be subject to a ton of um, mm. market volatility. Mm. You've got to manage that absolutely. Mm. Um, but if you go ultra conservative and have it, you know, effectively all in cash or defensive assets, you're not going to get the growth over the long term to basically make that money go the distance. Mm-hmm. And yep. again, making that money go the distance is a different calculation for every single person. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, what else? Um, you mentioned it actually. You just said we're drawing, we're drawing super as a long time. So, so getting to. Um, Getting to retirement, we've got a bit of a crackle in our microphone here at the moment. Don't know what's going on there. That's right. Um, might not. Has it um, sorted itself? No, it will. I guess. Um, yeah, it's okay. Um, so yeah, we're drawing super as a lump sum. So commonly thought that you get to you know, retirement age, you're able to access your super after a certain age, usually sixty. Mm-hmm. Um, and the strategy, well, lack of strategy is, I oh, will just grab it all and put it in the bank and yep. you know buy you know buy stuff and yep. you know hopefully it doesn't run out too yep. early. Um, but not not often the best solution um, because. You can miss a whole lot of um, strategic things there yeah. around tax. That's know, exactly so. that's exactly right. Um, so I won't delve into that. Yeah, but as, as to, but, but, it, but it, it is a mistake, thought, and yeah. it is and it is certainly um, something that people you know will raise with you and say, okay, well you know, time, mm. time to time to pull it all out of super. Mm. Um, Another thing we see is uh, the people sort of expecting too much age pension or age pension at all. So. I often hear people or talk to people who come to me, they might be 63 or 64, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. They, um, they're expecting that because they're retired, they're going to get the age pension. I said, well, no, you're going to have to wait a few years. Um, you know, 67 is the age pension age. Yep. So until then, 
you're going to have to live off your own money. Yep. Um, and if, it, you know, if you're 62 and you've got to wait five years, you're living off your own, own money, mm-hmm. then that can suck a whole lot of your money out of, out of the system, can't it? That's, that's exactly uh, yeah. right. Um, so, yeah, it just pays to be informed about, you know, what, what government entitlements or Centrelink benefits there might be for yeah. you and when. Age pension is probably the key one, obviously. Um, but, um, you know, don't overlook that uh, yep. because it can have a huge impact yep. on your plans. Time for one more. We've got plenty, I guess, but um, you got one more for us to, before we move on to the next topic? Yeah, um, so it's a good uh, good point in here. So um, it was number nine on our list of ten, but obviously, mm-hmm. you know, we're not all we've covered all ten, um, you know, in that order. Carrying debt into retirement. Mm-hmm. So you know, um, just understanding and having a bit of a stra- oh, oh, Sorry, I'll, I'll just wind that back. It's okay to carry debt into retirement mm-hmm. as long as there's some form of strategy to manage that debt. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you do see some people continuing to carry debt, continuing to bear interest-bearing debt throughout retirement and not really have a, a strategy or a plan to manage it as they go through retirement. And, you know, that the debt ends up sucking some of their cash flow. And again, you know, then they need to work so much harder on their assets. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just, just one of those things to be conscious of. No issue with carrying debt just need to be aware of what's the strategy as you you know progress into retirement to manage manage any debts that you might be carrying great all right um and to finish off today uh, the impact of interest rates on managing debt so yeah. you know most most people in um through their working lives um have debt don't they so they do yeah, so initially it might be um car loan you know, credit cards yep. things like that um and it um, takes the managing, doesn't it? Um, so I thought we'd just have a, have a think about some of the impacts of rising interest rates or intra- interest rates on managing debt. So, um, so if, I guess the first thing to do, to do um, is take stock of your debts. So mm-hmm. know what debts you've got. You yeah. So um, quite often I speak to people and they say, oh, yeah, we've got a couple of credit cards. Um, don't know. Yeah, have you got one? Uh, yeah, you got that one, haven't you? What about that store card that mm. we got when we bought the bed? Um, yeah, you know, that sort yeah. Of stuff. S- sitting there yeah, l- yeah. lurking. Yeah, so take stock and understand what the debts are, how much is owing, what the interest rates are, and what the required uh, repayment amount is on, on the debts. Yeah, yeah, and that's really the next step, isn't it, Steve? Mm. So unraveling the repayments, unraveling mm. the interest rates, so you can mm. sort of do an order of operations. Well, okay, what, mm. what what's costing me most? Mm-hmm. What should I begin attacking? Mm. Because it can almost end up a bit of a scattergun approach when you have you know mm. lots of personal debt, typically, mm. and even other debts mm-hmm. people just it just ends up a scattergun you're paying some here you're paying some there yeah. and you know with a bit of structure and strategy there there can sometimes be a, well, there often is a better way to do it yeah you mentioned prioritizing or having that structure so there are different ways of doing that you know so some people subscribe to you know paying the highest interest rate debt off first mm-hmm. and that makes sense financially you know? yep. um, but then others look at it and say well knock off the smallest debt first because that's going to disappear more quickly and then allow you to focus on the next one yep. um, and, and be able to see some things being achieved early. Exactly know. right. Because it's not just an interest rate question. Mm. You know, that is one of the very important mm. things. It's actually, what, what you know, what's the term of the debt? Mm. Which one's sucking the most cash flow mm. yeah. um, in terms of periodic repayment? So mm. it's, not, it's not as obvious of just going, 
oh, okay, you know, I've got something bearing interest at 20% and something mm. in- bearing interest at 10%. Like, mm. there could be a cash flow question here. Okay, yeah. well, you know, am I am I better off attacking... If it's 10%, that's requiring you to pay $1,000 a month um, yeah. compared to the higher interest one only requiring you to pay 200 a month. And maybe you knock off that, the, you know, the so, you know yeah, there could be an argument there mm-hmm. uh, to say, you know, you need to sort of flip it on its head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, another thing that can be done is exploring debt consolidation, trying to get all your debts together in mm-hmm. one one loan um, at potentially a lower interest rate. What's a common mistake people do when, make when they consolidate debt, do you think? <laughs> they Finance it in the mortgage. Yeah, finance it in the mortgage and... Pay and less and take longer to pay it off. Yeah, you know, yeah, um, and then and then at the end of the day, when the lower interest rate bearing over thirty years ends up cost, costing them more anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's but it's an easier pill to swallow because the repayments are so much smaller. Yeah. What, what have I heard multiple times? Anything is affordable over a thirty-year loan term. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah. so kind of, kind of, you know, be, be very yeah. conscious of consuming yeah. you, equity. You don't particularly want to roll up your, you know, car loan yeah. when you're, you know, five-year-old. Lexus, okay, into a 30-year loan repayment at minimum payment rates because the car, the Lexus isn't going to last that long. Yeah, so you're going to be you're going to be paying you're going to be paying more money on it over the life of the loan, mm-hmm. and the Lexus ain't going to be around. Yeah. But you know, in saying that, you can be structured and measured in that mm-hmm. debt consolidation mm-hmm. front, and actually, you know, you've got to be very disciplined and actually go back and say, okay, well, am I then making sure that I've quarantined what this extra debt is? Mm-hmm on my home loan that I've wrapped up into the home loan and yeah. I'm making those extra, extra payments, payments back yeah. into it. It's very much easier said than done. Mm. And I rarely, in my day job, see it done properly. Mm. Um, that's just my opinion. And and funnily enough, Steve, actually just not to get too bogged down on it, but car loans, mm. I'm actually seeing car loans at the moment that are cheaper than mortgage interest rates, mm. generally <laughs> speaking. And so not, not vastly different, mm. but... I got asked a question by a client the other day. You know, should I be should I be consolidating my you know six percent um, car loan into the mortgage? And uh, you know, well, I'm thinking six point two or something. Yeah, I'm thinking well, probably not. No, mm-hmm. um, you know, even if there was an iota of a difference, yeah, in I, guess, the, I guess yeah, the cash flow issue is there, isn't it? So yeah, it's the, they'd it's, probably be feeling stretched cash flow wise. Uh, so yeah, how do we alleviate that problem? You know? Correct, mm-hmm. and you know, as long as there's a bit of a method behind. Mm-hmm you know, behind it, like, hey, it's a cash flow question. We actually need to free up the cash flow mm. um, to get on top of things and mm. then move to the next step. Then, yeah, absolutely, there's some logic in it. But mm. don't don't think because I can reduce my repayments and then I've got extra money to go and spend on other stuff mm. um, it, that, that, that that's a good idea. Now, um, one of the other things is just making sure throughout, even, even the pressure of paying higher interest rates, you know, keep your debt payments yeah. up to date. Yeah, so okay, get on top. Make sure you pay your loans on time, because if you don't, um, it'll impact your credit rating. And um, and every Australian who borrows money has credit rating. Yep. Um, and if it's a bad one, then you become one of those Australians who can't borrow money, right? So yep. Um, so it's really important to stay on top of that. Um, talk to the lender early if you're under mm-hmm. under pressure, and um, you know, or talk to a financial planner or or a, or a debt um, expert. Yeah. Um, before you're in severe financial stress, rather yeah. than after. Yeah, and you're trying to unpack it and fix it, and mm-hmm. you know the bank won't give you money to do it because you're behind. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, that will wrap us up for today. Um, and, the last, year, and the and year. The year. Uh, so last last episode of the year. Thanks everyone for supporting and listening. 
Uh, make sure you leave a review. Go to the movement. Mm-hmm. Which movement's that, Luke? The Money Man the Movement. The Money Man Movement. Hashtag it. Yeah. And uh, we will have a good break, I'm sure, and I hope you all do too. And yep. we'll talk again in January. Yep. Talk to you then. See ya. See ya. See ya.